0: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of Yes, You're a Writer. I'm Ariel, and with me, as always, is author Joe Whittemore. Hi, Joe. Hey, Ariel. So, this week, we're zooming in, right? We, yes. We, we were at the big picture, then we zoomed in to kind of the chapter-by-chapter chapter stuff, and now we're zooming in another...
1: Indeed. Click that plus button and zoom, 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 zoom.
0: <laughs> okay, so we've we've pinched open, yep. <laughs> and now, now, we're, now where are we at?
1: Okay, so now we're going to be looking more in-depth at your paragraph-slash-sentence level. Um, and this is where you're going to be more of a copy editor, where you're going to be a little bit anal retentive and uh, and looking a little closer at how you're composing your sentences. And I'm not talking, again, I'm not talking about the punctuation or spelling, although, you know, if your spell check is, is telling you that you've spelled anti-disestablishmentarianism wrong, then my God, yes, please fix it. <laughs> but I'm talking about um, certain things. We're, first, I'm going to talk about things that people tend to use a lot without realizing it, and then only only after someone points it out to you like you know this character nods a lot or they look a lot or they smile a lot or they laugh a lot and those are all things i'm guilty of by the way by from my copy editor <laughs> she's like they just nodded five times on this page do they do they all have like head issues you know are they bobbleheads? what's happening anyway so um you want to Check when you're, when you're reviewing your manuscript, you need to be checking for word repetition. And a way that you can actually easily do that is, I, I mentioned this on a previous podcast about um, a program, and, or rather an internet website called Wordle. Uh-huh. And it allows you to make word pictures. And so what you do is, um, and it's just W-O-R-D-L-E, like Wordle. And so what you do is you just copy and paste the text into the, the Wordle box. And then you do like create image or what have you. And then it creates a word picture for you of all the words, of, of the most popular words or the, the ones that occur the most in that text sample that you sent. And so like usually if it's like a first person text, you'll see I and me a lot, you know, or mine. Because of course, if it's a first person story, that occurs a lot. But it's also a good way for you to notice if you have a lot of cases where your characters are looking or they're nodding.
0: Yeah, so it creates sometimes that's called a word cloud, where right. like the most the most used words are bigger.
1: Exactly. And it has
0: like this little kind of jumble of words. Exactly. But it's easy, like you said, to see the overused words. Right. Like the ones that should be overused, like you said, I and mine, and the ones that are, you know.
1: Exactly. And, and the thing is, yes, naturally people do nod a lot, and they look a lot. That's what your eyes and your <laughs> neck are for, is, is to do these things. And even as I'm, you know, looking at Ariel and nodding at him, you know, multiple times. Unfortunately, doing that too much in a story, it's it's noticeable. So you wanna look for those things. You wanna watch for that word repetition and, and choose different words. You also wanna avoid excessive use of hyperbole. And hyperbole is basically um, kind of um, embellishing or exaggerating something, like saying something is the greatest or something is the worst or something is the best, you know, taking it to yeah. extremes. If that is your character's voice and they happen to talk like that, like, oh, my God, this is just the greatest, or, "Ah, oh, it's the worst, it's the worst, everything is the worst, then that's okay. You can leave those in. But if it's something where you're just, you know, it, it happens to be the narrator and, you know, the narrator saying, the best place to get coffee, the best place to be seen, the you know, the best place to have a salami sandwich. Wow, these
0: characters live in the best city <laughs> Where the best just comes to them at all times.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. So that, and that's the thing is, if you're using those hyperboles a lot, if you're if you're talking in extremes too much, it be it becomes a little exhausting. So watch for those hyperboles. Watch also for your similes and your metaphors. Now, Ariel, do you know the difference between a simile and a metaphor?
0: Similes usually usually use like and as mm-hmm. to compare two things, whereas yep. metaphors will be possibly more extended and have use different word choice.
1: Right. So you could say um, the you know the field was green like a bottle like a, a glass bottle that was mm-hmm. a horrible example <laughs> usually you would be the other way around you know or it smelled like something you know or yeah. it tasted like something that's that would be a simile and then metaphor is more of like <laughs> is more like is is painting a word picture so you could say
0: the grass <laughs> The grass shimmered an emerald green.
1: Yes. It's hard to come up with metaphors So instead of on the saying fly, green
0: like an emerald, you say emerald green to kind of paint that picture right. without doing a direct comparison between two things.
1: Yeah. Or you could say, you know, his arms were lead. Mm-hmm. You know, lead weighed his limbs down, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, so, again, avoid um, too many comparisons. You also want to avoid um, overwrought description. And what I'm talking about is something... Where, and, and again, this this happens a lot with world building, but where you go into too much detail about describing the world up front because you feel everyone needs to, and, and you're right, they, they do need to know about your world, but not all at once. It, it was like I mentioned, the, you know, that Neil Shusterman said with the the hot tub method, right, you slowly introduce them into the world. Mm-hmm. So you don't go into this huge, long page after page of description at the very beginning of the story. You reveal a little bit of detail. And especially if the description is stuff people already know, like horses. Like if you go into too much description of a horse, you know, like the four legs, you know, pawed (laughs) at the ground. The tail swished. It was a long tail with many hairs. Okay,
0: two things. (laughs) One, there's a dead horse joke in there somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) And two, I'm kicking myself for not doing a hot tub time machine joke when we oh. talked about the hot yes, tub method Yes, that would have been perfect. Time. Yes. Anyway, carry on.
1: Anyway, so if you're if there's something unique about this horse, then by all means mention, if, if what you're about to tell us about this horse, if you're telling us all these normal horse traits, because you're about to say, and its eyes were coals, were, you know, were, we're burning coals, then you're like, well, okay, that is different. That's not typical horse eyes, at least. Yeah, <laughs>
0: typical horse eyes, everybody knows what that is. <laughs>
1: Well, brown, you know, or blue sometimes, I guess, if they have cataracts. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, so that watch for those overall descriptions, especially of things people are already familiar with, like nature. You know, like don't go into too much description of trees. If people are already familiar with those types of trees, if these are different, if it's a new world and these are new trees, or if there's something incredibly unique about these trees, or if there's something that's going to come into play that's very important with the trees, then by all means mention it. But if you're just describing a guy on a horse and he's overlooking a battlefield, if he's wearing special armor, that's fine. If his horse is wearing special armor, that's great. But you don't need to go into all the detail about the horse, horse having four legs and you know it it snorts and maybe a little bit of drool comes out of its mouth because wow. it's got the bit in its mouth. It, that stuff's not important, and you're losing focus. And that brings me to a different point I wanted to make: is jarring pullaways. Okay. You, right, You need to watch for those. You need to watch for those points where you're having, you're having serious action moment or you're setting up a joke and you pull away with some line that's not relevant to what you're immediately talking about. And that kind of, it's jarring because it pulls you away from that scene and you kind of forget what the joke was about. So when you go back to deliver the rest of the, pu- you know, when you do the setup and you go back to re- deliver the punchline, but you happen to pull away, like, if, for example, if you were to say something like, you know, Bertha wasn't always a big fan of canaries. She used to be a great singer, and you see, and you go into something that's not related to that punchline about the canaries, you know. But then yeah. she, you know, and then you and finish up. But then she saw a Warner Brothers special with Tweety Bird, you know, and then. But then by that point, the joke is lost. Yeah, because you did that pull away, and the same thing is true with action scenes. If you're having a big action scene, or if you're setting up suspense. And you, you happen to step away for a second to add, oh, and also this train happened to be really big and shiny and there were a lot of people on the train. And then you go back. It, it, again, it pulls you away from the action. Yeah. So watch out for those jarring pullaways. Also, you need to be watching out for telling instead of showing. And so, and we talked about this again on an earlier podcast, but what we mean by that is sometimes people, they, when, they, when they're narrating a story, they tend to talk in very passive terms. Or they tend to use adverbs a lot to describe things. So they say, you know, Tom closed the door angrily. Or yeah. know, And instead of doing that, there are different words you can choose. Tom can close the door angrily, but what do we normally call closing a door angrily?
0: You slam the door.
1: Right. Tom slammed the door. And you get so much more effect from that because that, sh- that's, that, that creates a word picture. We can see that image of him slamming a door, Right. So you want to you look at your adverbs that you're using, like you want, especially, you know, the L-Y ones. So angrily, sadly, hungrily, you know, like instead of doing something hungrily, he devoured something, he wolfed it down, mm-hmm. you know, and it would, it would behoove you, and this is another reason why you need to be well-read, why you, why you need to be reading a lot, and, and, it, you, and I'm not saying you have to read specifically one type of genre, anything, any magazines, because you, you enhance your vocabulary.
0: Yeah, I've heard it described that you know reading lets you borrow someone else's brain for a little while. Right. So that way you kind of change your perspective, the way exactly, you think, the way, because, even the words you choose.
1: Exactly, because someone might use words that you wouldn't use. you know. Because I was reading an article today and they, were, they used the word incipient. I never used that word. And no. so I'm like, oh, what does you know, what does that word mean? I'm going to learn that you know, and start incorporating that into my. And don't become. I mean, I'm not saying become one of those you know, word of the day, toilet paper kind of people, <laughs> where where you're you're constantly calling everything a plethora of something just because you now know the word plethora. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, educate yourself, expand your mind, and learn and learn new words so that way, instead of saying you know something is done sadly, you know, you could say it was it was you know very, he was morose, you know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, but, and I shouldn't have said he was, because that leads me to my next thing, which is passive verbs, uh-huh. which we do want to avoid. So, and passive verbs, what I mean is, that is that setup of he is, he was, I am, you are, you know, I am sad. That's, that's telling. You're telling me you're sad. I want you to show me that you're sad, you know? I wept for days. mm mm-hmm. You know, so that okay, you're you're really sad. I get that. Yeah. You know, instead of saying I was really sad, I wept for days. I wept an ocean. Mm-hmm. And those are again, you're painting those beautiful word pictures for us. So watch out for those passes. For you know, and again, um, a lot of people, and it just slips in without you realizing it. I tried to. He tried to. She tried to. Uh. They don't need to be trying. Just have them. You know, unless they are legitimately like trying like some sort of Olympic sport or something, you know he tried to join the Olympic team. That's fine you can use the word tried. but it, you know most in most cases they don't need to be trying to be, they're, they are actually doing something. They're not just trying yeah. to tie their shoes. you know they're tying their shoes. They're in the yeah. process of tying their shoes when they get interrupted. See, I not I tried to tie my shoes, but someone interrupted me. No you were tying your shoes. But someone interrupted True. you. Yeah, yeah. So watch for things like that. You know, watch for for do and try and make things like that that seem really passive. Um, well, now we're going to talk a little bit more about sentence flow. Okay. Okay. So what we want to do is we want to talk a little bit about sentence rhythm because writing is 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 a little bit like music. Right, Because there's a rhythm to, you, to your sentences and you can tell when you read something or you hear something when the rhythm is off. And that is usually happens when you have too many short sentences or if you have too many long, drawn out, run on sentences. Or you, know, if, you don't have a, if you don't have a good balance of, of short and long. Yeah. Right? So that's what you need to be. You need to read your sentences and sometimes it helps to read them out loud. You know, Or I, I tend to use, actually I use Patrick Stewart's voice. <laughs> when I read, because you know, if Patrick Stewart can't make it sound good, then it's crap, <laughs> and
0: good. I need there to rewrite go. it. It's a Patrick Stewart test, it's good yeah.
1: Know. So, so do the perform the Patrick Stewart test, but no, seriously, read your words out loud, or have someone read them out loud to you, or you record yourself reading them out loud and then play it back. And then listen to the rhythm of your sentences because I guarantee you, there's gonna be some in there where either you put too many short sentences together or you put too many long and you didn't have a good rhythm. So watch the watch the rhythm of what you're doing because the rhythm is gonna get you.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, you should also be watching the paragraph structure itself because sometimes people will make incredibly long paragraphs and what they don't realize is that you need to be is is that is the points when you need to make a paragraph break. And so basically, anytime someone talks, that needs to be a paragraph break. So if you say if you're having a narration, a dialogue, you're describing the forest and someone speaks. When they start speaking, that's a paragraph break. Mm -hmm. Or when someone, when you're describing a scene and it's a visual picture, and then there's an action, that action is a paragraph break. Anything where you're 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 kind of shifting gears, yeah, that's a paragraph break. So, but I also don't, I I also caution you against doing too many short little one line.
0: Yeah, I think we were were talking about this uh, before we recorded it. You don't want a lot of people do that in email they'll have like every thought is its own sentence yes, broken up with yes. lines. It's like, that's good for email because emails are supposed to be short <laughs> and they're not prose.
1: Right, and they're more listical. <laughs> yeah, because
0: you're trying to get some ideas across, across quickly. Right. Not good for writing a book. <laughs>
1: no, and I get, I get that people like to do the one-sentence paragraphs when they're going for dramatic moments or they're trying to do be funny, right? You know, yeah. like you say, but it wasn't a dog. It was a wolf and it was hungry but if you keep doing that for a long time
0: you sound like captain kirk
1: <laughs> yeah and it just and, and it gets you lose that dramatic moment or you lose that humorous moment if you continue with those short little with just those you know the short little one sentence paragraphs so be watching for that and we meant, I mentioned earlier when we we're talking about you know repetition of words but consider your word choice because a lot of times the amount of syllables that you're putting into a sentence when I'm talking about the rhythm, going back to the rhythm, yeah. sometimes switching from a three-syllable word to a two-syllable word can make a huge difference, mm. okay.
0: right? Because
1: yeah. sometimes when you read a sentence, it feels like it's, it's, it's too many syllables. It feels like it's a little too long. And so sometimes all you have to do is replace one word with another. Like instead of worrisome, mm-hmm. maybe troubling,
0: Oh.
1: right? Because worrisome is three syllables, troubling's is two. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So consider your word choice. Um, Go for brevity when you can. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying all the time, don't go for brevity. But a lot of times people tend to over elaborate. And I'm not sure if it's because they don't trust the reader but a lot of times people feel the need to over-explain everything. And you don't have to do that. You do need to, at some point, trust, especially with adults, but you do need to trust that the reader will understand. If you're writing a mystery or suspense, then yes, you can have a little bit of a maybe an expositional side character that explains what's happening. Or the one that I think about is, um, I know it's weird, but that James Bond uh, Casino Royale. Uh-huh. Right? So you have, it's, it's, it's all about a poker game. Yeah. And so there's a guy um, in the audience, and he's explaining to a woman next to him. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that scene?
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's he's ex- Mathis is explaining to Vesper Lind how very, the game works. Yeah, right.
1: Very good. So he's explaining to her, and so that it, it sounds. It seems when you're watching it, it seems like he's just explaining it to her. But what he's actually doing is he's explaining it to people watching the movie that don't yeah. understand poker, so they can go, "Oh, that's what that means." Right. So. You want to do it with a light hand when you're doing that explaining to people. You don't want to be overly explaining everything, so watch those things too. And I also want to talk about ordering of the order of words and sentences because a lot of times when you're referring to something, I say a lot of times a lot. Let's let's mark that down, folks. <laughs> but put, that'll
0: be a big thing in the word cloud yeah, for the podcast. Let's put
1: that in my wordle. A lot of times and <laughs> many times and often, uh, but. Watch your, the ordering of your sentence because if you're referring to something, and but you put it at the very start of your sentence, and then you you just you know it's kind of it's, again it's one of those jarring things, and then you finish your sentence out with something else, but then the next sentence goes back to what you first mentioned in the sentence before. You can re reorganize that first sentence so that it ends with the with the subject that you want to talk about in the next sentence. For example, you can say. Jimmy loved pickles more than the baseball team he coached, and almost as much as his girlfriend. They reminded him of his childhood. So at that, with, with a sentence like that, it, you have a little bit of a misplaced modifier. Are you saying the baseball team reminded him of his childhood, his girlfriend and the baseball team reminded him of his childhood? So what you could do with that sentence instead is reverse it a little bit and say Jimmy adored his girlfriend and the baseball team he coached, but he was also pretty fond of pickles. Yeah. They reminded him of his childhood because yeah. you're talking about the pickles. So, watch for that sentence order, especially when you have modifiers in there that might kind of change the meaning of what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, it's a better it's a better bridge of ideas from right. one sentence to the next. Exactly.
1: Okay. And so, I wanted to ask you, are there any things in particular as a reader that you either like or dislike when you're when you're reading a story more in depth other than just reading for the, you know, the the plot or the characters?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, as a reader, it's very often, I mean, it's like you don't have a choice really other than not read the book or when you're going to read the book, kind of accept whatever choices the author has made as far as their style goes. So almost as a reader, there's a lot of adaptation you have to do and you have to kind of decide whether you're going to accept, you know, am I going to read through this garbage chapter to get to the rest? Not everybody's like that. And for certainly listeners, you won't be in that position because we have lots of great information to share with you how to avoid that sort of course of thing. but um there, there have been books that i've read where it's like man this is going nowhere and yeah i could skip <laughs> but there's a part of me that wants to keep kind of plow through yeah you're like i've committed to,
1: to this it's well, on I, my kindle
0: it's it's more like you know this is the this is the way i was intended to kind of go through this not by skipping around right uh, unless it's like a choose your own adventure
1: oh, book, yeah. which i
0: haven't read in, you know oh, since great. i was a child but anyway uh, <laughs> I think my, maybe my biggest pet peeve is just kind of back to what you were talking about before, where these long, drawn-out paragraphs setting the scene, every iota of the yeah. scene, every leaf on the tree, yeah. every, every sun ray bouncing off every animal, yeah. flora and fauna yeah, cause you're trying and to be poetic. gravel and grain of sand. And it's like, yeah, you really built the world, dude, but <laughs> I got tired after the third page of this. <laughs> yeah. And I want to just get to the part where they fight, yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, that's probably my biggest pet peeve as okay. a reader, and I think you've kind of already addressed that as okay. you know, a pacing problem. And,
1: and is there anything in particular that you really love when you're when you're reading? And you're like, oh, that's that's awesome.
0: You know, that's hard. That's harder for me to articulate because I think when I'm when I'm engaged and I'm hooked, I'm not realizing I'm so into it that I'm not meta enough to realize you're what the author has done. You're not picking apart the
1: parts that you that you notice. Yeah, because
0: I'm just like voraciously like. Going page to page, to page to page, as I'm as I'm really into the what's going on. Yeah. But I think there is a testament to just the, the the pacing of it and the fact that whatever author I'm reading, where they've done that, they've managed to for they've managed to kind of bridge those ideas and keep the flow of yeah. the story going, such that I'm not like, you know, like hit the brakes real hard all of a sudden. Like, wait, what happened? Like that that doesn't right when it's when it's really going well. The chapter ends maybe before you get before you really you kinda come out of it. Sure. And and that's like a really great experience. Okay. For me anyway.
1: Well, alrighty. Cool. Yeah.
0: All right, Joe. So where can people find more of your stuff?
1: Um so you can check out my website, which is ww.jowidamore.com and my you have my books are on there and our links to our podcasts are on there and also to my Twitter account, a link is on there and you can um a lot of writing resources too. And where can people write to us with comments or questions?
0: Send us your comments, questions, and anything else you would like to share with us to yyawpod, so yyawpod at gmail.com. All righty. Cool. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. One last favor before we go. If you're listening to us on iTunes or you're on iTunes for whatever reason, uh, drop us a review. Uh, It really helps to kind of uh, get ourselves out there and increase our audience. So if you've got a second, leave us a review. Throw some stars our way. Yes,
1: please. And
0: uh, that that'll help us out a big deal. All right, thanks.
1: Thanks.